So firstly, reading from Genesis 3, chapter 4. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you, should, you will not surely die. For God knows when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her he ate, and the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. They heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. The man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. I said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Lord God said to the serpent, because you've done this, cursed are you above all livestock, above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. And I'll put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, you shall bruise his heel. And turning to... 1 Corinthians. Oh, that was this morning, wasn't it? Luke 19, one. Luke 19, 1 through 10. Jesus and Zacchaeus entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He's gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. So far the reading of God's word. 
There are six verses. The first one, Genesis 3, verse 15. Now I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Then also, Luke 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's our topic as well. God has come to search for the lost. Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, Belgian Confession, Articles 14, 15, and 16, told us about the creation. Our original sin originated, and that we Adam's descendants have fallen into perdition and sin. This fall, as described in Genesis 3, has poisoned our minds, our nature, that we are born sinners, corrupt from conception. And all relationship between God and man, between man and man, and between man and animal, animal, when they are violated and distorted. This fall was through the disobedience of our forefathers or ancestors, Adam and Eve. The Lord created them and us to glorify Him. And they disobeyed Him. And this is the cause of all pain, suffering, wars, diseases, and the disobedience of man against his better judgment. And from this original sin grew sinful thoughts, words, and deeds. And we were guilty before God. Deserved to be punished with the temporal and eternal punishment in body and soul. Belgic Confession, Article 17, concerns itself with our redemption. The recovery of the fallen man. It was God's actions towards Adam and Eve and their descendants after they had fallen to sin. And to make it clear what we were rescued from, Gideon the prayer <coughs> describes our sin and misery and how desperately we needed to be rescued. The prayer described our sin and misery with these words, man had thus plunged himself into physical and spiritual death and made himself completely miserable. We were as good as dead. That though we were still capable of breathing, the grave was our destiny. We were spiritual dead in the sense that we had alienated ourselves from God, was life. We were dead, fully dead. And the dead were not capable of reaching out or crying out help as the dead can't do a thing and so Belgian Confession article 17 wants to make clear that it wasn't just Adam and Eve but it was you and me and so the Apostle Paul describes as well in Ephesians 2 verse 5 that we were dead in our trespasses 
we were not just sick. Also, we didn't just say, he didn't just say we followed a bad example of our parents. It was much worse. We were dead. No sin. And so there are not grades of being dead. Some people are not more dead than others. The brightest scientist, the richest man on earth, the poorest beggar, who do not know and confess the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, have one thing in common. They all are equally dead in their sin. Worse still, we did not just find ourselves in a state of physical and spiritual death. No, says the prayer. We plunged ourselves in physical and spiritual death and made ourselves completely miserable. This is life without God. Miserable. And it's our own fault. We plunged ourselves in this situation. We made ourselves repulsive to God, bankrupt, with nothing to offer God. And if it weren't that bad enough, we in Adam also hid from God. Adam and Eve. We didn't want God. We didn't want His mercy. And how true is this of this modern world? People reject God still, attack Christianity. But should we expect otherwise from that people? Someone said, I do not get in an argument with dead people about the Bible. That would be foolish. I should rather proclaim the gospel of life. Because only God can bring life and salvation. And so, the brave description of man is not beautiful. It's far from attract attractive. But it's realistic, and it's so essential to our understanding and appreciation of our redemption in our Lord Jesus Christ. In the awareness of sin and misery, the gospel message is all the more surprising. It's no secret to God who we were. God knew us to be dead, miserable, repulsive. And yet he sought us out. God looked for us to save us. And so we read in Genesis 3, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of day. And a man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord call, God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? Though Adam and Eve had joined Satan's sight, were hiding from the Lord, God yet sought him out. Where are you? And God's act of seeking out our forefathers in paradise represents a most surprising act. If it wasn't for God, who seeks sinners with the promise of redemption, we were all lost. This is exactly what happened with Zacchaeus 
in our Bible reading, the tax collector. Tax collector was one of the most hated people in the Israelite community. They were seen as filthy, disinherited sons of Abraham, deserters of the Jewish people, people who collect tax for the Roman government against their own people, enrich themselves by taking more than needed from the poor. And so Zacchaeus was a rich tax collector, the head of the tax collectors. And he was rich, but poor in love. And the Lord said, today I will be in your house. I will eat for you, with you. And so meals were seen in biblical times as symbolic of peace, friendship, and fellowship with the host and friends. And the Pharisees were not happy. Unthinkable that Jesus could join the hated tax collector and other sinners like prostitutes to eat. And Jesus was bitterly resented by them. But they didn't understand God's grace, that the Lord is seeking the lost. We read, and when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Jesus, as a rabbi, had set a bad example to eat with these sinners. But a compassion of the Lord, in which he seeks the lost, in which he seeks Adam and Eve, is here in the foreground. The Lord, who never condones sins because they are gone and lost, sinners because they are gone and lost, but if someone or something was lost and found again, then there's joy. Then there has come salvation in this house, verse 9. And he who seeks will find, even if it is Zacchaeus, the tax collector. And above all, it was the Lord who seeks the lost, Jesus told us. The Lord was willing to come to Adam and Eve to seek them, to seek Zacchaeus, to you and me. And so the question is, what motivated my God to seek out such wretches? Why did God call out to us in the face of our hiding before him? In Article 17 of the Belgian Confession states, Our gracious God in his marvelous wisdom and goodness set out to seek man when though man was fleeing from him. Again, we think of Adam and Eve there in the garden, fleeing from the Lord, Jonah, Israel, so many people today. But let us go back to Zacchaeus again. This man Zacchaeus put his position to good use. He was the head of the tax collectors. He was so rich that it was generally known but this tax collector wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to see who Jesus was. And he heard that Jesus reacted differently to tax collectors. That you can pour your heart out to Jesus. And when Jesus came, Zacchaeus could not see because he was small in stature. 
He ran forward, climbed into a sycamore tree so that he could see Jesus as he passed by. And when Jesus came, everything changed. Jesus spoke to him as if he knew him long before. If he knew him even before his birth. And that's how the Lord knows us. Isaiah 49 verse 1. Listen to me, O coastlands, and give attention, you people from afar. The Lord called me from the womb, from the body of my mother. He named my name. Jeremiah 1 verse 5. Listen to me, O coastland, and give attention, you peoples from afar. The Lord called me from the womb, from the body of my mother, and he named my name. And the Lord called Zacchaeus by the name, but also you and me. And he stayed in Zacchaeus' home to share a meal with him. Hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. And Zacchaeus, who had this act of love, received it with the greatest joy. For this hateful man, the lost son of Abraham, Jesus' grace did more than many words. He wanted to be at his home. And so God, full of grace, offered salvation instead. Great was Zacchaeus' joy. But also in heaven there's joy over each sinner repents. And why did God offer salvation? Only out of grace. We were not saved because we were without sin, as the the Pharisees argued, or were better than others. We were saved out of pure grace, the Lord who sought us while we were fleeing from him. How could we, who were dead, be alive again? Was there no hope left? And so the Belgian Confession takes us again back to Genesis 3, verse 15. And he comforted him, promising to give him his son born of a woman to crush the head of the serpent and to make him blessed. And this rich revelation in Article 17 points to who God is. God doesn't change. And when Adam so long ago ran to hide from the Lord, fleeing from the Lord, deserted God, God sought out as he, Jesus, sought Zacchaeus out. There's a deeper meaning in the confession in our Bible reading. Why did God pursue us? That's only because of his covenant. Genesis 3 verse 15 is God's covenant of grace. God made a covenant with Adam and Eve. Adam as head of the covenant of works. And it was called the covenant of works where God appointed them to govern over his creation. But Adam failed miserably. And God made a new covenant and the promise of a new covenant. A covenant of grace. That Adam would be replaced by the second Adam, Jesus Christ, his own son. And Jesus became the redeemer of God's covenant. And he was called to fulfill the covenant, to carry God's anger over our sin. And he was called to reconcile us with God. And for us it meant that he said, you are my child I have given you Christ to make payment for your sins. 
in the midst of all our struggles, all our sin, all our misery, I'm much comforted by the awareness that God loved me so much that He Himself sought me out in order to save me. That God Himself has declared me precious in His divine eyes, Isaiah 43. And it's such a humbling thought. Same time, so exceedingly rich that God's grace gives us all the encouragements that we need in everyday struggles. God gave His Son. And so we read in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21, God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. God made people who were dead alive again. And this is what life means, a restored relationship with God and Jesus. Exactly what happened to Zacchaeus. The life and redemption of Zacchaeus, we can see God's covenant of grace clearly as portrayed in Article 17. The Lord is looking for his child who belongs to him. His child who is his property. We made a covenant with. Son of Abraham, the Lord called Zacchaeus. Child covenant in Luke 19. And if his property is recovered, there's joy. Because according to the covenant, there's always a relationship with the Lord and the lost. And that's because of God. He's our God and we belong to him. And our names are already recorded even before our birth in the book of life. And by His grace, if we were chosen and belong to Him through the atonement of Jesus Christ on the cross, we can rejoice like Zacchaeus rejoiced. And He, we confess in the canons of Lord, Article 6, can make even the hardest heart of stone, a heart of flesh, even a heart of a tax collector, a murderer, a rapist. He can bend into faith. And even they can share in God's redemption. But also me, also I, when there's true repentance and faith. And how hard a heart may be, God bends it to faith. Jesus said to Zacchaeus, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham. God's covenant. And so the Pharisees preach an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Jesus preached grace to a fallen sinner, offered salvation and true rest and peace in him alone. But with the covenant, there's always two sides. God, who said that he would be our father, but also demanded that we should be his children. And God made it possible that we can be obedient. He made us alive. And both parties of the covenant honoring their respective commitments to the promises and obligations upon which the covenant has been founded. And when God makes a life through Jesus, the Holy Spirit restores us to what we should have been. Spirit helps us to accomplish control over ourselves, the ability to serve the Lord, to glorify the Lord. To acknowledge the Lord, which was lost when we were dead in our sin, 
and the Lord made us alive. We are now alive in Jesus. Rather than death, there's life. Instead of evil, we can do the works of God out of gratitude. We can fulfill our true purpose, bringing glory to God by living for Him. And the Spirit restores us to our true selves that was destroyed by sin. The Lord gives us self-control. Do you understand Zacchaeus' delight? But also his actions in our Bible reading. Zacchaeus understood wonderfully. If someone is called by Jesus, you can't continue on the old path. Everything else at that moment is of lesser importance because life is different. Jesus make all things new. All has passed away. And Zacchaeus could not return to his old way. And half of his possessions he gave to the poor, and the things he cheated, he would pay back four times the amount. The Lord says this man, all I regarded as valuable, let me indifferent. Half of my possessions I will give to the poor, and for every crime I will pay fourfold. Now that I saw you, the true hope, my Savior, there's only one thing, and this is to live close to you. And when you hear how the Lord restored the fallen man, you and me, we don't have to fall in despair about our sin, or the sin or the heartache of this world. But we can hold on to the Lord, the Lord who gave His Son so that we could be saved and redeemed. What should we do? Proclaim the gospel of hope. Live the gospel of hope as people who are alive in Jesus. Be faithful in the way you serve the Lord and glorify God in everything you do and rejoice that you can be His child again out of grace alone. The same as Zacchaeus, the Lord who searches for the lost. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Then, this is a glorious confession, full of grace. Amen. Let us pray.